Tawala Sharp in later for Mo Kelly. And you hear the jingle. You know what it is. It is time to find out what is happening here and there, everywhere across the Southland with the one, the only, my brother from another mother, Nick Pagliocchini. How are you doing, good sir? T, I have to say, while Mo has the best hype, yours is a whole different level. So thank you for that. It's good to be here with you, brother. And uh, yeah, it's been a busy week. We've had a lot going on as of late. Um, but I've got things for us to do this weekend. Two major things going down on Monday. We're celebrating Juneteenth, uh, which is important. And Absolutely. also uh, Father's Day is on Sunday. So you got hey, hey. two major things going down. Do not leave out the dad, folks. Of course not. And why would I? I mean, especially when we got Pops right here who's got <laughs> yeah. it. So I want to ask you a question in a second. But first, I'm talking about just a couple, a handful of Juneteenth events going on throughout the Southland. Uh, we'll talk about it here on KFI. You'll maybe touch on it on uh, Soul Cal Saturday. Absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll get a little bit more in depth there. I just want to kind of throw these out as ideas of things that you can do this weekend. Um, Holly J. Mitchell from the uh, Los Angeles County Supervisors uh, Board, 2nd District, which is like El Segundo, Hermosa Beach, Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach. Um, they are having their third annual uh, celebration for Juneteenth on Sunday. That's going to be from 9 to 4. That is a free 99 event, and it's just kind of bringing the community together, which is nice. So that'll be going down in the South L.A. area, which also is hosting Cicla Via this weekend. After the break, I'll talk about that. It's another free 99 event to get out and check out as you're making way uh, around, you know, the Southland. Right on. Um, but uh, also Juneteenth in Orange County, the Orange County Heritage Council, uh, they will be celebrating Juneteenth with a festival uh, tomorrow, which will be um, you know the 17th from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. That is, again, free 99. The, the best part of all of these events is it is a opportunity to come together with your community, meet people that aren't maybe in your community as well. And that's why I really, again, it's been a busy week. We've had lots of communities and different groups of people and lifestyles and everything else discussed this last month. Um, this is a great opportunity to get out and to meet your neighbors. Uh, if you're down in Orange County, it's taking place at the Centennial Regional Park. So that's in Santa Ana. Um, it's a really big venue. So there's lots of room to kind of, you know, get out and enjoy the weekend. We should have good weather this weekend. It seems like a good setup. Uh, look, it seems like it. And it's interesting that these events that you are listing are happening in areas that you would not expect. And so I think it is important to recognize or for these various areas throughout the city to recognize the importance of this, this solemn moment. For me, I look at Juneteenth, the way we look at Memorial day, this is not a celebration or a party. It is a day that should be observed a day that should be reflected upon. Sure, and just like you said, Memorial Day, you don't say Happy Memorial Day. This isn't Happy Juneteenth. Yes. But just like you said as well, it's honoring those people, and that's hugely important, and that's why, as we've talked about here later with Mo Kelly um, and other shows here on KFI, it's coming out and starting that dialogue. Yes. Starting the learning process, and that's what always has kind of disheartened me to a lot of things that have happened this month and in the recent past, but specifically all these are opportunities to get out, get to know your neighbors, and learn things. Ask questions. And that's what these opportunities are. Let's not fight over things. Use that anger and frustration or confusion, more likely, and kind of turn that around to turn that into a point to sit down with your neighbors and talk about what exactly with this opportunity for Juneteenth 
or whatever the situation may be. Because, you know, we've had, you know, Armenian genocide, which is something that's also big here with the Glendale and Burbank community. And it's not something that a lot of people understand maybe necessarily. So, again, we're talking about very specific things and a great opportunity, including, you know, we this weekend with Nick is not just about fun. It's also fun and like the plus plus. What else can you do? Go out with your family. Go out with your friends. Make new friends in the world of the LGBTQIA+. Who's your chosen family? And that doesn't even apply to the right, queer community. Right. There's so many times, period, that you are going to encounter times in your life where chosen community is super important. So not to get off the rails and yeah, kind okay, of you know, yeah, okay. change it up from the, you know, yes. this weekend with Nick. But I think that's it. Again, all the details on these events, everything we talk about here, and a handful of other things that I don't actually get to get to, you can find This Weekend with Nick Pagliocchini. So it's This Weekend with Nick on Instagram. There is a link in the bio that has all the details there to give you additional ideas and exactly kind of what's going on. All these Juneteenth events, though, are free for you to go check out. So I really highly encourage you to do that. Absolutely. It's interesting that you say this weekend with Nick, because I'm hearing through the grapevine that soon we will be hearing this week with Nick. And I cannot wait to to really break the ice on that. Okay, so I'm sorry. Go No, no. And I appreciate that hugely. And again, we've teased a little bit of it here. Um, soon, very, very soon, you will be able to uh, visit KFIM640.com and find out details about exactly what T talked about. Yes. So that's exciting, very <laughs> yes. exciting to come. Um, but uh, before we go to break, yeah, you know, I follow you on Instagram, sure, and, and I live vicariously through you because you know, I don't get to go out, you right? Know, I work all day, I work all night, right? So the hours I, you I keep, brother, are insane, you. yes. Um, how was Disney after dark? Because that just looked like the absolute best time. Thanks. That's a great question. So I actually have done two nights now of it. So I did okay. the 13th and the 15th, uh, which would be a last night and then also um, on Tuesday night. And this was Disneyland After Dark, which is a special separate ticketed event. This was the very first Pride night. And it was very special because for someone who worked for the Walt Disney Company, as I did previously, and then to also be a member of you know the Alphabet Mafia, the LGBTQIA plus community, it's never been a sanctioned activity at Disney. That's never been an opportunity. We've had many events that are outside of Disney's purview that maybe have rented out the park for the night. This was the very first Disney-backed event. Are you um, serious? Company-wide. And th- so at, when you talk about gay days either in Florida yeah. or yeah. here at Anaheim, uh, Florida's is kind of around this time, and then uh, Anaheim's is in the fall. Both of those are completely separate from the Walt Disney Company. I did not know that because right. I, I think know that's a lot that of people don't know been- that nights with celebrations Correct. with pride celebrations but i did not know that those weren't disney events i always thought it was part of what disney did you think that this is the first actual disney sanctioned pride night after dark event right so this is the very first domestic one uh disneyland paris has actually done uh, two or three years maybe even more worth it of okay. pride nights um but that is an international park in europe uh, the Asian parks do not do anything like that for the Walt Disney Company. Mm-hmm. But then okay. again, all of them are not fully owned subsidiaries of the Walt Disney Company. The domestic parks all have partnerships with the local government and different outside entities. Here for Walt Disney World, which encompasses Magic Kingdom and ha- Disney Studios, as well as Animal Kingdom and um, Epcot, they don't have anything. And they still don't have anything. This is the very first time that it's done, happened here. We have, again, those outside events that happen over a weekend. Yeah. Um, and with this one, it was amazing. And just like you said, there was a special fireworks show. There was a special um, parade or cavalcade welcome thing. And the thing that's most challenging 
is it we were in such a celebratory place the you know Disneyland park especially not just Disney California Adventure which is an amazing addition to the Disneyland Resort but you know that's where you can kick a few back and you yeah, know it's a different yeah, vibe yeah for Disneyland that's the classic and Disneyland in the 1950s and 1955 and the 60s you had a dress code you know women had to wear skirts below their knees and certain people weren't even allowed to visit True which that. is a big thing Speak on so it. Yep. from then 1955, all the way through to now, and you have, I'm going to say, I have no idea on the numbers of it, but just knowing the number of um, cast members, the employees there, there's a very high number of Alphabet Mafia members around. And to see them celebrated and all of their hard work recognized in 2023, whether you agree with it or not, whatever your opinion is on it, to see people celebrating people, and that's where it boils down to. It goes to that humanity component. It was amazing. People were just there having an amazing time. And there were plenty of LGBTQIA plus and allies and chosen family. You name it, the whole Kinsey scale, you know, and look that up if you're not familiar, but the whole Kinsey scale was there. And it was just wonderful to see people enjoying themselves. There was nothing strange going on. There was nothing that people think is going on. It was just a huge party and a huge family living it up after hours at Disneyland. Wow, man, just that fills my heart with so much joy knowing that Disneyland took a stand to support the LGBTQ plus community, which has always shown Disneyland so much love. That is what it is all about. And I can't wait to find out what else is going on this weekend that we can share with the Later with Mo Kelly family. You're listening to Later with Mo Kelly on demand from KFI AM 640. We are in the midst of this weekend with Nick Pagliocchini letting us know everything that's happening in the Southland. So let's get back to it, my brother. Let's do it. I love it. And I got to say, Mo, if you're listening right now, Amy King and I, <laughs> the time you go to Disneyland, you don't go with your two Disney files anyway. Um, but jumping back into this weekend with Nick, a new movie coming out, which is Asteroid City. And that's going to be from Wes Anderson. I am personally not a Wes Anderson fan. I do Find the TikTok trend with his, you know, don't tell me this is a Wes Anderson movie. And if you if you know, you know. Okay. This is special in the fact that Landmark uh, Theater, which is on Sunset. Okay. Um, think we've talked so many times and we still talk about going to the movies. And if it's not a premium format, you might as well just stay home and enjoy a streaming service watching it. Right. Landmark is one of those theaters. It's kind of a heritage space, if you will. It's one of those old, like the, you know, Cinerama Dome kind of idea. Mm, yep, and yep. so with that being said, this is worthwhile. If you're a Wes Anderson fan and you want to see Asteroid City, uh, it's a full experience, an immersive experience, which is the biggest thing. You see me go to all the Halloween events. You see all those activities. Those are considered immersive where they take and try to do, you know, sight, sound, taste, touch, you know, everything, smell. Um, to really envelop you in what it is. So that's what this is planned to be. It will have several different vignettes from the film that you'll actually be able to put yourself into, take pictures, interact. Um, There's all the information at This Weekend with Nick, a link in the bio there. But I don't know. This sounds fun. And as we've talked about movies and how they're going to have to recoup people's Mm -hmm. interest, Mm -hmm. I think this is it. It's like if it's for the gram, if it's for the talk, if whatever it's for – if you give them a space, they will come. Because Righteous. everybody, you know, when we were kids, it was 15 minutes of fame, and now it's 15 seconds of fame, and everybody wants it. So with that being said, this is one of those opportunities for you to experience the influencer lifestyle 
enjoy a new Wes Anderson film that if is coming out. If you're into it, yes. Yeah, it's your thing. So that started actually on Wednesday and does run uh, up until, uh, well, runs till the end of next week. Okay. So that is an opportunity for you to check out. Um, as Hollywood, this is one of my favorite events. I've talked to Mo about it before. We haven't talked about it um, to all of but uh, Hollywood Bowl Jazz Festival. This is one of those festivals that was my introduction to jazz. Okay. And it's okay. where I learned that jazz isn't what you think it is. It can be acid and it can be, there's so many different um, uh, genres within the genre, different styles within it. You know, you think of jazz and R&B or even hip hop. And I think people don't really know how it defines out. Mm -hmm. But uh, everything this year is being curated. So however, the artists that were chosen are by Herbie Hancock. Nice. Which is amazing. Nice, most, yes. That's a familiar name. And Kamasi Washington. Yep. Also. So um, that's what I kind of like. I like the way that these go because you'll have like Cuban jazz. You'll have mm -hmm. something that's a little bit different, a little bit more flair. You can get really inexpensive tickets to the bowl and sit up on the grass, which is always a great time. Uh, you can get beer and wine on site, crack something open, enjoy yourself. Or if you want to get a little, you know, bougie, you can always go down to the box seats or in the pool. And that's amazing. So, again, you can get a link for that at This Week I'm a Nick on Instagram. Popping over to Orange County for a Fountain Valley. Summer Suds Brewfest is underway, and so that is going to be taking place um, uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, no, just tomorrow. But um, this is going to be another one of those craft beer festivals. It's in Fountain Valley. Again, the weather's going to be great this weekend. Just kicking off the summer, realistically, at this point. Um, there is uh, admission cost for it. You do get a souvenir glass. You get to try all the new beers. So that's a fun opportunity. But while you're in Fountain Valley, let's talk about something cheaper and almost freer. Summerfest. So Fountain Valley Summerfest will be taking place actually uh, started today and will go through Sunday. Um, that's happening at the Fountain Valley Sports Park. And you can go there. It pretty much is a community festival. Is this like um, a block party or correct. is this at a park? It's or... at a park. So okay. it's, it's but it's going to be more that park, that um, block party vibe pretty much put on by the city okay. with operating yes. partners. Uh, so that's going down in Fountain Valley. Again, started today, this evening. You, I mean, hopefully you're if you're there, you're listening to us. Yeah. But um, And that does run through Sunday, so you're able to go check that out. Uh, real quick, just a couple more things to hit on. Um, Huntington Beach Downtown Chili Cook-Off is taking place tomorrow. Mm, uh, you can get the details on that. I'll give some chili. Everything is free, 99 to get in. Uh, obviously, if you want to enjoy a beer, a brewski with your chili, that will cost you a little okay. bit. Okay. But either, most of the samples of the chili for the competition itself will be free. So that's another opportunity. Back over to L.A. Uh, in South L.A., Vermont Avenue will be shut down from Exposition as you make your way towards Century. And that is for Ciclavia. South L.A. that is taking place in partnership, again, uh, with Holly J. Mitchell. Talked about that at last break. But um, it's from the L.A. County uh, Supervisor Holly J. Mitchell for that. So it's in partnership with Juneteenth. Okay. okay. So it's kind of a, okay. you know, a double dip there. And then one final thing, which is really fun, going down in Pasadena. Uh, Pasadena. Ch right? <laughs> is the Chalk Festival. So this is street art yes. at its best. Yes. I love graffiti art. I love street art. I love the muralists that we have all throughout Long Beach and all throughout the Southland. But chalk is such a different medium. And this is even going over to the Disney thing. They're huge in this of doing forced perspective art. So you can take a picture and it looks like the object you're standing on made with chalk uh -huh. is three-dimensional. Yes. That will be happening all throughout uh, Pasadena. Uh, Plaza at Pasadena Convention Center, if you know, you know where Colorado Boulevard is or Paseo, Colorado, all in that general area. You're not going to be able to miss it. Um, parking is relatively inexpensive. Admission to the Chalk Festival is free. 
So it's just another reason to get out and enjoy. And again, that's the 30th annual. So many things are coming back after COVID, and I'm excited to see that because even though a few years were skipped, it's so nice, just like doing the Lemon Festival last weekend with Michael Crozier and his wife, Jen. Yep. Checking that out in Upland, you know, seeing so much of the community come out. And it was like 10 times bigger than any Lemon Festival any of us saw growing up as a kid. So I absolutely love it. Nick, I love you. Thank you for coming through and 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 keeping it Friday around yeah, here. As I said, I live vicariously through you and your Instagram account because Truth be told, I'm a couch potato. The most exciting thing I do all week is check out a midnight movie or I'm binge watching something on the small screen. That's why I know if you're anything like me, you too rely on Amy King to let us know what she's on. You're listening to Later with Mo Kelly on demand from KFI AM 640. Amy's on it. Amy's on it. By AM 640. It's later with Mo Kelly. I'm Amy King and I'm on it. So what am I on? I'm on all those streaming shows. There are so many. There are documentaries. There are series. There are nature shows. There are movies. There's a lot out there to go through and I know you can't watch all of it. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to watch some of it for you. Hopefully we'll get you some good recommendations and you'll get some stuff that you like. You might find something you don't like and then you can save yourself some time. Okay, so my first uh, my first uh, recommendation, which is a, it's not a strong recommendation. It's 3,000 Years of Longing. That's not a strong recommendation? Came out, yeah. It's on Amazon Prime. Came out last year. Stars Tilda Swinton and Idris. Is it Idris or Idris? Idris, Idris. Idris Elba. Yes. Who I love. I think he's a fabulous actor. So here's the the basic premise of it is that she is a professor. She's traveling in Istanbul. I think she has a few issues, but, you know, she's a professor. And she's traveling around, and she inadvertently finds a bottle and lets a genie out. Okay. That's Idris Elba. Okay. So she gives him or he gives her three wishes and right out of the bat, you know, they have these conversations and she's, she's very hesitant. She doesn't really trust him because she thinks he's kind of a trickster and she's going to, he's going to try to cheat her out of her wishes or like he's going to take something and twist the wish for his own benefit. So she doesn't trust him. Ah, okay. Well, she's a professor. She's a professor, right? And um, so then they develop this relationship, and while she's figuring out what to do and whether she's going to uh, make her wishes at all, then she he starts sharing stories with her of his, like, 3,000 years, how he got into the bottle, how he became trapped, and then some of the interactions he's had with the people over the years. So visually, it's very... It's very pretty. It, I mean, it has sort of a, not a realistic quality. Like some movies feel real and uh-huh. this one feels like more of a fantasy drama okay. um, kind of movie. So it's a very beautiful movie. The stories are interesting. And of course, like I said, I love Idris Elba. 
And he's got this voice that you just, it's just butter. You just, you just got to melt into that. And But it is an interesting story, and it makes you kind of think about the whole wishing thing. And if you could wish for anything, what would you do? And you only get three wishes. So it does sort of give you some introspective times. But I, I felt that, I don't know, I just felt like it was lacking something. I know it, it played at, at the Cannes Film Festival and got like a six-minute standing ovation. But then it bombed at the at the box it, office. It came out at a bad time. Uh like crunched in between some really big hits. And I don't think anyone really knew what to make of it because I never knew what to make of it. I was like, is this a new take on Aladdin, but just for adults? What What is this? And, and, and it looked like, at least from the trailers, that the whole film takes place with them in a hotel room with him just telling stories about his life. And I'm like, what is going on? It kind of does. But then, then there's some there's some movement. They they go to some other places and stuff. But a lot of it is. It's him telling stories as they sit in a room. So Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you have, if it's, a, if it's a rainy Saturday afternoon and there's nothing else going on, <laughs> maybe it's a good the- one. But it wasn't my favorite. Okay. But it was still, I don't, you know, I have such a hard time because unless it's really bad, I can't say don't watch it because other people might like it. It wasn't my favorite, but it was all right. So it's rated S for streaming. Gotcha. Definitely rated S for streaming. Okay. So next is, uh, I've been seeing this and I've never gotten into it. I keep, you know, as I'm scrolling around and I haven't really heard anything about it from my friends. A lot of a lot of times I get recommendations from my friends. So this one is on Apple TV. Again, Apple TV. Uh, for All Mankind. I keep hearing about that. Okay, so it's, it's got three seasons out. The episodes are all about an hour, so it, it's long. And each episode, or there's 10, 10 episodes per season. So it takes you back into the space program in the 60s. In this version of history, Russia gets to the moon first. Right. So it and it and it goes from there, and it and it shows the different astronauts and their wives, and so there's it's sort of familiar feel to like when you look back at other movies, like um, oh gosh, what was that favorite movie uh, of um the computers? The <laughs> the computers. Oh, the, how many movies oh with computers God, okay. are there? Okay, well, that movie. Anyway. Movies about the space program. How come I can't remember this? Hidden Figures. Thank you very much. One of my favorite movies of all time. I love Hidden Figures, yes. One of my Hidden favorite Figures movies was like, phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but it's it's during that era. And so I love it because I'm fascinated by all the space program stuff. So it goes in, and the whole first season is about them going to the moon, getting to the moon. Um, and then, again, that Russia gets there first. And then the second season happens in 1983 during the Cold War, tensions between the U.S. and Russia, and how that spills over into space. So it takes sort Mm. of an alternate look at how things might have been different if the space race hadn't kind of ended. Because I know that once once we got there, it was kind of like, okay, well, you guys got there first. And and then even though we're continuing to travel in space, there wasn't that race for space. Yeah, we were just sending satellites up. Right. And in in this scenario, they're still racing. Like the U.S. got beat to to the moon. And so now they're like, well, now what we got to we got to establish a base on the moon. We got to do this. So it's really interesting, really interesting. And then the third season is they've been on the moon, they've done their thing, and off to Mars they go. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so, that's kind of where we're at. Right, so super, super interesting. I loved they, the acting in it. It's really fun. Um, I love it because there aren't, there aren't a bunch of 
people that you recognize. I love it when they put a whole series together and you're not worried about what that actor is doing or is, is that actor doing a good job because you don't know who they are. So you don't have any expectations. Gotcha. And the scenes on the moon are fun and the scenes in outer space and they they get into some pretty hairy situations. Um, like I said, it started out kind of slow, but it picked up steam. And then I, after about three or four episodes, I was like, okay, when do I get home so I can watch next uh, For All Mankind? So Oh. Definitely, definitely recommend it. It's this each episode is long and there's three seasons. And I just found out that they they are renewed for a fourth season. It's supposed to come out maybe later this year. Okay. Real question here. Yep. Have you seen Into the Spider-Verse yet? Mm. Or across the Spider-Verse? Wait, no, I saw Into the You saw, I into, saw yeah, into yeah, I know you saw Into. I haven't seen Across. Okay, so yeah, I, Amy, we have got to get you into a theater so you can see Across. If you're into Into. If, if that film was even remotely interesting to you. I've gone into, now it's time to go across. It's time All to right. go across. Tawala, I'm on it. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. Amy is on it on KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to Later with Mo Kelly On Demand from KFI AM640. I am Tawala Sharp, producer of Later with Mo Kelly, filling in for Mo. And you know, 9 o'clock hour, name that cult movie classic is going down, except it is a foosh edition of name that cult classic movie. Yes, that's right. Stefan is the one who is responsible for putting together the movie cuts today. I have no idea what they are, so I'm going to be playing right along with you. If you want to play with us, make sure you've got the number ready. Mo and I go in on everything nerdy that is happening out there from film to television. And today, Warner Brothers has dropped the brand new Ezra Miller-helmed film, The Flash, and I want to give you a spoiler-free review of the film, even though, no, I have not seen it, don't really plan to see it, but my brother Thomas Talking Cunningham, one of the cast members of the legendary Saturday Nights of the Nerd Around Table, just got finished seeing it and is joining us now with a review of the film, Tom how you doing, my brother? I am doing all right. I'd perhaps be doing more writer if I hadn't just watched that movie. But I have to say, I did not go into the theater expecting a 25-year retrospective of the Ally McBeal Dancing Baby episode. But that's what I got in the opening sequence of this movie. Eight horrendous, monstrous CGI baby creature things that were so uncanny, valley horrible that I could barely watch it, uh, as well as perhaps the worst digitally created dog ever to hit cinema with a big slobbery tongue. Uh, it, it's one of those things where I think every movie that has a speedster has been trying to one-up the eternally classic Quicksilver segment from Days of Future Past, where they took a fast person going in slow-mo and made it a completely engaging piece of art for the full length of the segment. That is not the case with The Flash. They want to do it, but they fail miserably doing it. And I guess the biggest thing for me is, is that this is a movie that we were basically told was going to create 
the rationale for why all of the big hitters from the DCEU were being removed from the franchise. And at the end of the day, we didn't get that. We got a movie that, quite frankly, could have been shelved. It's just, I'll say this, all of the things that you really loved about Flashpoint, the series, and then Flashpoint Paradox, which was a superior DC animated version of the story, that did trim some things, but also kept the core elements intact. I don't really see any reason why this movie needed to be done, especially with all the problematic behavior of Ezra Miller. And because you get two Ezra Millers on screen for 80% of the movie, it, it's even more problematic. <sighs> See, I don't know. From everything that I'm reading and now from everything that you've said, I'm not led to believe that this is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made as they were hyping it up to be. Oh, absolutely. And in the aftermath of Across the Spider-Verse, they can F all the way off, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Uh, there's there's no way it is the best superhero movie. It's it's not better than any of a handful of Marvel films. Now, some people will like it better than Love and Thunder or like it better than Quantumania. But I'll tell you right now, if your complaint with Quantumania that the CGI was crap, you cannot come for Quantumania if you like Flash. Because the Flash CGI is... Super Bowl halftime commercial quality. Wow, man. I don't get this at all. I mean, I I don't know what they were hoping to have accomplished with this film, hyping it up the way they did for something that, by all accounts, is an absolute dud. I mean, what's going on here? Again, we were told that this was the launching point for the reestablishment of the the DCEU, that that James Gunn was going to use this to wipe the slate clean and replace everybody. Well, the last reveal at the end of the movie, and I'm not talking about the after credit sequence, there is one. The last reveal in the regular runtime of the movie completely obliterates the idea that they were using this movie to reset who four characters are. And there you have it. Tom, thank you for joining us this evening and giving us your in-depth review of The Flash and saving us not only money, but damn near three hours of our lives wasting our time. I appreciate you, and I will talk to you tomorrow on the legendary Saturday nights of the Nerdle Roundtable. My man. Thank you, sir. If you want to play the foosh edition of Name That Movie Cult Classic, call us now. Ten cuts. I don't know what they are. Hopefully you do, because if you do, you've got a free Redbox movie coming your way, courtesy of our people from Chicken Soup for the Soul. KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.